Well, hello and welcome to episode 14 of season two of the Connect 2 podcast. My name is Jeff Cullum. And I'm Mark Hughes. Hey, Jeff, how are you doing? I'm great. Excellent. So we head into the fall here. Things a bit chillier. It is definitely a lot chillier. Last yeah. weekend, I was uh, suffering with temperatures in the high uh, high 30s. Right. You were down in the US. I was in a desert. Right. Well, I'm thankful for the, the cool weather, given where things are headed. Every time it snows or gets a bit chilly, I always kind of feel sl slightly reassured. But uh, yeah, that's the constant strain of life in the early 21st century. <laughs> exactly. Well, there's just so much stuff going on for everybody. It's just crazy. Yep. Um, if you're new to the podcast, uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Keep saying that we still get lots of views, but uh, not a lot of subscriptions. People are not pressing the little. This plus seems sign. to be common. You see a lot of YouTube channels where people like have thousands, like hundred thousand views, but they struggle to get people to to commit. Well, you know what? Commit, really, people. You won't regret it. Part of it is it doesn't matter as much as it used to because uh, because um, well, YouTube is a little bit different, but like Instagram, Facebook, it's all tied to. They're not. They've made a change. Okay. And uh, so well, it's on can, number of downloads. We can talk no, it's uh, instead of watching what your friends are doing or what you subscribe to, it's what they think you look at. Ah. So they've changed it so it's more like TikTok and less like. Interesting. Yeah. But let's, uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, today we have coffee. <laughs> Our coffee is from a coffee bar, what used to be a coffee bar and is now a roastery, mm -hmm. roastery in uh, Vancouver called uh, Harkin. Oh, man, that is interesting. This is a different kind of coffee. It is supposed to have tastes of caramel, apple, and mixed nuts. You know what? Yeah, it does. I can totally see that. Yeah. I've discovered or, over or, the course or of... Or taste it, I guess. Well, what I've really discovered... So it's called La Banda, and it is from... Um, La Bamba? La Banda. Oh, La Banda. And it's from Colombia. The thing I really noticed over the course of this last year and a half of... Uh, coffee sampling yep. is my coffee taste has changed particularly right? as it relates to uh to brewed coffee or these pour overs today's okay. another chemex but um i'm inclined to some of these washed coffees that are not so chocolatey or for my espresso i still like the chocolatey yep. kind of creamy uh coffee but for the the brewed coffee i'm more partial to the slightly more acidic ones with the the washed beans with uh, just a, a bit more flavorful, I find. Right. Uh, I think they're not roasted as much as well. It's sort of ah. slightly lighter roast. Yeah, I, uh, I've been enjoying the variety. It's, uh, it's great. So what's your dad joke? <laughs> you know what? I just found out my neighbor hates it when I shorten his name to Dick. <laughs> Probably because his name is Steve. <laughs> My wife, when we were, we were driving down to see Dave Matthews, she was complaining about my self, sense of direction. So I packed up my stuff, stuff and right. Good Sorry. stuff. But Sparky is uh, MIA today. He's in the room, but he's not appearing since we're not on camera. So Yeah. Yeah, but that's okay. But he's... we do have Noam Chomsky joining us. Noam Chomsky. A picture of a gnome. Yeah. Name right Chomsky. On... Okay, so what have you learned this week? Well, I learned two things. Learned nothing. So, uh, when dealing with terminations, okay, um, 
if you are an owner of a company and you're terminating people, you can terminate somebody without cause if you provide them with enough severance in lieu of notice. Sure. As long as it's not a human rights... A human rights issue, of course. Issue, right? But, um, so as an owner, that's great um, because it means that the bar isn't as high, uh, you know, to, to prove why they were terminated. Mm -hmm. However, if you're in a volunteer organization or anything like that, it creates a, a problem. Oh, is that right? And the problem is, so terminating somebody without cause means you can't actually talk about why they were terminated. Really? Yeah. In fact, you can't. It's, so basically, you have an agreement that they're they're terminated. Thank you. Goodbye. Uh, we don't have to tell. You don't have to tell them why. You know, but you also can't tell anybody else why. It is part of the oh, termination process. Right. Okay. In terms of someone phoning you for reference and. Well, and not even that. So if you have a, an organization, suppose you have an executive director or something like that, and you're terminating somebody, yep. but your membership is like, that person was really popular. Why did you terminate it? Maybe we should get rid of you. Ah, right. Um, you can't actually defend yourself. <laughs> Maybe you should. I'm a volunteer. So Hasta what, la vista, losers. So in some ways, what's easier in private industry, uh -huh. uh, termination without cause, Right is a problem from a political perspective if you're you know you rely upon support mm -hmm. for your position sure for from other people in a not-for-profit yeah because now you can actually talk without being defamatory uh about why that person was terminated right if, so you do have to have everything in order and be sure. able to talk in a knowledgeable way and have the proof for why <laughs> why you right. terminated them but in the end, it's easier from a political perspective to be accountable to your, um, whoever like you're. Like a board or, or yeah. a council or, well, if you're or count a stakeholder group. Yeah. The stakeholder yeah. group, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. so terminating people without cause historically for me has always been the easier route. Right. Uh, when you're terminating as an employer. But. If you're in a more politically sensitive organization or have to report to somebody else why you terminate, particularly if it's somehow a, an individual that's popular, sure, that can be quite a different story. So that's that's the one thing I, I learned. Um, the other thing is... Is there a goof uh, sufficient cause? Don't answer. I know that it is not. No, it is not. <laughs> well, and with cause, I mean, th I think there's like 13 specific reasons you're supposed to... Right to go through and identify which one is, is appropriate. Um, the other thing I learned is, uh, so there is, um, so we were talking briefly about it uh, with, with uh, the preferences. So Instagram has kind of made a huge shift. So Facebook is Facebook. Facebook bought Instagram and, and uh, WhatsApp. And Instagram had this very simple ethos Basically, a very pure, simple philosophy, you know, um, so there's no links in Instagram. You can't link to other other apps. You could not, for the longest time, re repost somebody else's photos. Mm. Um, but uh, Facebook uh, and in terms of and Instagram as well, uh, we're kind of suffering at the cost of TikTok. Yes. TikTok. And if you've ever used TikTok, TikTok, you get on and basically it feeds you what it right. thinks you're doing. And as you click through and select whatever you're looking at, it will give you more of what you like or more of what it thinks you will like. 
Yeah. Okay. Can you forward uh, TikToks to people? Yes. Ah, okay. There you go. The other thing is uh, with, um, and you can even use, you can forward it to Facebook. You can forward it to all kinds of other stuff. Yeah, probably. So a lot too. of the best reels in Facebook are actually TikToks. Um, Dear Grandma. So, like so Facebook was noticing that, well, exactly, <laughs> was noticing that they were what? losing a lot of uh, ground to TikTok and relevance to TikTok. So they started pushing their reels. Yes. And their, uh, so first it was stories, which was to compete with Snapchat. Right. And that now it's uh, reels uh, to compete with, uh, with TikTok. But more importantly... About four years ago, I think it's something like that, three or four years ago, Facebook made a promise that they were going to, you're going to see less ads. It would be <laughs> more about your friends. <laughs> so direct communication with your friends. Right. They've apparently abandoned that. I more have recently. so many ads now. now maybe well, I it's not so much the ads as much as you're now seeing stuff that Facebook thinks you want to see. Right. Like TikTok does. Okay. And Instagram is doing the same. Interesting. And Instagram has basically said, we're done with photos. We're moving on to videos. Oh, to compete with the So there has been a push, particularly amongst a lot of photographers, to switch to this app called Vero. Have I mm -hmm. talked talk mm -hmm. about this? Mm -hmm. So Vero, it's V-E-R-O. Yeah, I've seen them before. And it, uh, it's been around for a while. Um, but it's gaining some real traction because it's basically providing all the stuff that Instagram has abandoned, left behind. Interesting. And uh, with some great use usability and functionality that's just not there on either Instagram or Facebook. Right. So um, anyway, uh, so I've, I've set up my Vero. I'm going to try and um, start posting there a bit more than I am in Instagram, cool. even though Instagram is definitely more popular i have been remiss in terms of posting anything for on any of these platforms <laughs> did i tell you i'm starting a a, a social uh, social media service what's it called uh lies instead of no, truth no it's called uh it's it's uh it's retrograde it's old school okay it's called gossip grandma or gossip, gossip grandpa, grandma. And basically, you sign up, and an old person comes to your house and tells you a lot of stuff that's going on. <laughs> well, I think, well, it's funny because, like, um, my wife's mom uh, and it shows you pictures of shit you don't want to see. Oh yeah. Well, she used to she uh, used to sit. Cat. She used to sit in the corner at the corner of her house in the kitchen, having her coffee and a smoke, and she'd watch the street, and she'd have all the gossip of what's going yeah, on in go. all the houses. See. So, um, so, so, so that would be a gossip grandma. Gossip grandma or like gossip that. grandpa. That sounds yeah. a lot better than lies. I was yeah. trying to be a little <laughs> clever with the the yeah. tr truth social, yes. which is now crashing and burning. That's it's right. a scam social is really what it's exactly. Have didn't Trump at one point refer to it as truth essential? Mm -hmm. Like he didn't even know the name of his own. Well, there was something app. that they didn't even truth they didn't essential. Even, they didn't even check the availability <laughs> of the brand, <laughs> the the, the, the know, trademark. Like I know just, what a disaster. Yeah. So they yeah they're <laughs> not able to brand to trademark right. tr Trump the uh, Trump's so, uh, truth social. Should have just called it Trump social. Yeah, but that's just Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you learned a lot about firing people. Uh, firing people and the politics of of people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah people are, if it wasn't for the people, this would be a nice place to work. 
<laughs> which we're going to talk about in a minute. Well, I learned, I, I never put my finger on what I learned. There's so much stuff going on. I, I guess I always knew the royal family were wealthy, but I yeah. had no appreciation for half, how a, tri they half are. a trillion dollars. Something like that. Yeah. Half it's a trillion. Insane. If you start counting today, like one, yep. two, three, you never reach a billion. No, I know. In your lifetime. I know. Like it's a shockingly exactly. huge number. The probably I th I th I think I did the math on this. I'm not sure that we've had a trillion seconds since the Big Bang. Really? I think I don't think so. I think it's been like so. The number is so astronomically huge. Huge. You can't get our head around it, right? But I have to admit, I I was a bit more impacted. Impacted, not the right so the, word. So so I'm, we're. We're uh, we're recording on a Friday. Yeah, and the queen and, passed, uh, the queen away, passed yesterday. away yesterday on the yeah. Thursday. So. And already they've already renamed. It's now the court of Queen's Bench of King's, King's Bench. Bench. Oh, that that for uh, me was like because I'm so used to the court of Queen's yeah, Bench. Yeah, QB and, and now it's uh, K KB. And now they're all be uh, they won't be Queen Queen's, Queen's Council. Council. They'll be King's Council. I was wondering if they'll need to shift that. Oh, they will. Or if they said, "Well, you got it when she was no, still in power." I so I don't think. So. So, you know, social media being what it is, I was quite knocked out of my privilege. Because first of all, the Queen's passing, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really impact me directly. It might although, impact uh, the, what the, our money looks like. Yeah, although it did, you know, for a minute, and I saw a bunch of people talk about this. You know, all of us, I think they said in the UK, like 86% of, of people who live in, in the UK uh, were born after she was... Uh, ascended to the throne so it's 52 yeah yeah so there's a lot of people who've spent their whole lives uh she was the monarch certainly and for me yeah uh, me too and so it's just that sort of loss of continuity but there's been so many comments obviously some people are heartbroken and then there's other people some of whom i know who are maybe from different ethnic backgrounds who are like totally calling out you know the colonialism and and I just, it's like so many other things. I don't think it's either way. Like, no, I think it's more, I mean, it's more complicated. The institution I mean, you can, of the monarchy. There's the institution and of, like, what about Elizabeth herself? Like, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it was, it's pretty clear that for the time that Elizabeth's been in place, she's primarily a figurehead. Sure, she had access yeah. to lots of information and she met with all, you know, access to the highest, but she was also I think not she had in quiet a quiet influence. But, yeah, but it was very, quiet yes not really able to have no exercise any kind of real power um and or even i think it's part of their their i don't know what you call it ethos ethos or that they don't weigh it in they don't weigh in, in on, the politics. A, on a particular side or another right but perhaps yeah. behind closed doors you know, a bit of a nudge nudge uh but even so i mean you know uh, you can blame the institution of monarchy and the accumulation, uh, like in the institution, as well as uh, for colonialism and, uh, you know, oppression of all kinds of people. But in more recent times, it, that's become less relevant. Now, they may be landlords. They may be all kinds of stuff related. to. There's all kinds of property that is yeah. tied to the queen. That is or now the king is as real and current right but some of the past woes is yeah it's kind of like yeah it was somebody else that did it yeah 
So yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I don't think we fully appreciate the being that we're both Caucasian. Um, white and I, privilege. And I don't really want to. It's called white privilege. You know, I was gonna say I don't think we fully appreciate the the damage. Oh yeah, and the, the trauma the implications of colonialism. And there was a TikTok of a stand-up guy from a couple of years ago. I can't remember his name now, unfortunately, but and talking about reverse reverse racism and then he tells this whole story about how well if he could go back way back in time and convince the people from like asia and the caribbean and africa to colonize you know to invade europe and take all of their you know land and wealth and so he tells this whole narrative and then then maybe now if i said something bad about a white person that would be reverse racism but in light of everything that happened, I don't think it is. And then there's a whole bunch of people calling out for uh, the diamonds that India, that were stolen from India. Oh, that really? Make part of the, uh, the royal family's fortune. Apparently, there's a lot of their fortune is in, in precious gems and gold. And, and I, from what I understood, I haven't looked into the details, but a lot of that was uh, harvested, let's say, from uh, India when it was a British uh, colony and they're kind of like, you know, we could really use that stuff back. You know, <laughs> just saying, just saying. <laughs> Anyhow, it's interesting. Um, be interesting to see how people respond to the new King. Uh, you know, it's a different yeah. world. And I, I, I have a sense he's not going to really do great things for the monarchy. Yeah. It's already kind of on the outs. And I don't think that he's going to be the guy that's going to suddenly save uh, the monarchy, turn it around. And people are like, this is great. <laughs> yeah. But I think you'd have to abdicate in order to do that. Like there's this. Oh, no, I think he'll hang on to it for as long as possible. I think so. I mean, uh, it's what he wanted to do when he was 20. And exactly. now he's not. Like I was saying to you before, I suspect. And I've seen, I don't know how accurate that show The Crown is, but they certainly don't make Charles look great. No. And I'm thinking she must have been trying to outlive Charles so that she could just pass the crown to William. Yeah. I bet she was hanging on going like, well, he's 73 and he's not taking good care of himself. Well, I, mean, I think I could outlast him. Ah. I mean, Prince Philip, <laughs> Prince, I don't think it worked. Prince Philip passed away, was it May or yeah. May of last he's year? He's 102. Uh, I think he was 99. 99, just, sorry, yes, just, that's just right. Just under 100. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's not, I mean, you see it lo frequently with older couples that oh, have yeah. been together for a long time. The, the you know, within two years, yeah. it's not uncommon. That's right. I'm, I would have thought the queen would have had, like, pretty good medical care compared well, to Well, I'm sure else. she did. I guess there was that photo of her receiving Liz Truss. Yeah, you could see on her hand. It was just uh, covered with and, bruises. And well, and just, she looks so frail. And I mean, you know, what's your over 90? She's 96 years old. So people were like, I was uh, somewhere yesterday and somebody said, well, what did she die of? Like we're at a restaurant. And I said, I think she died of 96. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right? I mean, at that age, when you're, when you, you don't need a lot of excuses, right? It's no. just like, well, it's funny. I was talking to a Cough friend of mine who's, and boom. Who's, who's 85 and, you know, and he's quite... Uh, he, Is he spry? Well, he, he's in reasonable shape. He's, I yeah. mean, I think he's got diabetes, but but the, uh, the that's managed. But the issue is that at that age, you're really counting in terms of 
the number of years left is like not a ton, right? You're, <laughs> you're aware of your mortality more so than somebody who's like, well, somebody who's 20 has no concept 58? of their But 58, yeah. yeah 55, so. yeah. So yeah. it anyway. struck me yesterday because uh, I did the math. I'm like, oh, Jesus, I really am over middle age now. You know, like mathematically speaking, unless I make it to 110, which is, you know, possible, but probably unlikely. Well, maybe when uh, we with get the technology, there. right? But, you know, then it's quality of life issues too, right? Well, that's true too, right? Exactly. So anyhow, it's all very interesting. So today we're talking about quiet quitting. Quiet quitting. Which I only kind of know peripherally, but uh, tell me, Jeff, elucidate, <laughs> elucidate what quiet quitting is, because I'm not sure I even yeah. really know what so it is. So quiet quitting, uh, well, personally, I think it's it's kind of the flavor of the month a little mm. bit, and it's a, it's a new buzzword. Yeah. So you know, it's in the news because it's coming out of the pandemic, the great resignation, obviously, particularly in the U.S., thousands and thousands of people uh, decided not to come back to work. And so that was the great resignation. And now they're finding that, I guess, adjunct to that are people, predominantly millennials, I think, maybe some Gen, uh, what is it, Gen Z Gen after, Gen, yeah. who are kind of drawing a line and saying, hey, if, if you're if my job is to do this, that, and the other thing, that's what I'm doing. I'm not putting in any extra effort. I'm not seeking uh, to move up the ladder. You know, I'm not going to be a hero. And I'm just kind of putting in maybe the minimum of what the expectation is and, and no more. And so this has got a lot of people upset. And I've been reading... Um, so Jordan Peterson weighed in. And there's this, oh, this, Jordan this, Peterson this lawyer... Uh, out of uh, Ontario, who's a labor guy, he weighed in. Uh, what's his name? Mr. Wonderful. Kevin O'Leary has been on TV going on about how, you know, it's it's limiting. And 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 so I really gave it a lot of thought because my first impression was, okay, but there's a lot. First of all, this is not new. Right. Right. Uh, you've, yeah. we've managed people and there's always been a number of people who've kind of done this. As I was thinking about it, I don't necessarily think you can lay all of the blame on either side. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think there's perhaps an expectation piece with some of the employees. Maybe there's a bit of an entitlement. I tend to break that most people actually, if you give them the right conditions, want to work. I think there's a lot to be said on the management side. And so there's been a lot of talk about um, poor pay and poor conditions. And I think it goes beyond that. I think in a lot of cases, and, and why I say this is not new, I remember reading a study from McKinsey. Oh, it's probably about a 10 or 15-year-old study. And they had looked at American companies. And they found that basically it boiled down to 14% of employees, like one in seven, could do two things, which are pretty important to being motivated. They could name an objective of the organization that they worked with for, mm -hmm. and they could uh, describe how they personally uh, contributed to that objective. Right. So something like 50% could name an objective. So then when you went to those people and said, well, how do you contribute? It was like, you know, even less. So when you took the two percentages together, it worked out to like only 14%. So it's like 86% of the people are walking around these organizations 
They don't know why they're there. Um, they don't know what they're supposed to accomplish. And, you know, add to that maybe less than, than great conditions. Maybe it's a boss who treats them poorly or they feel undercompensated. It's not surprising that people are just wandering about going, you know, I'm not motivated to anything but the minimum. Right. So I think there's a certain, there's two sides of the coin. I think recognizing as an employee that if you want to move up, you know, it's kind of what we've been talking about in some respects. Do you take accountability for your own situation, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're in a place where you're not getting that satisfaction, you're probably better off to, to leave or go find, you know, start your own thing or to just stick around and kind of like be dissatisfied and, and, you know, maybe you don't quite hate it here, but you know, it's not doing anything for you. Right. I think that's bad. Yeah. And if you're management or ownership to not, you know, it's two steps, creating the conditions that are not horrible. So paying people well, no, you know, not abusing people, making sure your management, your managers are treating people equitably. Yeah. But then I think going beyond that and, and, this is where I think leadership comes in, you know, giving people purpose, reason, just communicating, like, what, what are we trying to do here? You know, what is our mission? What's our values? What's, why does this organization exist? And here's our specific objectives. And it's how you contribute. Because I think most people, the majority, I think, when they have that, are going to want to do a little bit more than just the bare minimum. Well, and so quiet quitting is basically just doing the bare minimum. Yeah. Oh, that's not what I thought it was. So meant. presenteeism is another word for that. Ah, right? yeah, you're, yeah. you're kind of there, but you're like. Eh, well, the trouble not. with quiet quitting, if, you know, with that circumstances to me, is that that makes days really long. Holy crap. I mean, What's if that? you're motivated, if you've got work that you like doing. Yeah. And, and you know, you have you have a sense of agency over what you're doing. Absolutely. Those days will go fast and you'll be, you'll enjoy your time there. Yeah. You'll, you, the days will go fast and then you go to the next day energized and charged up to go. Yes. If, if it is, if, if it's presenteeism, oh my God, those that, you know, that eight hour day, it was going to feel right. like 30. It's just going to get worse and worse. Right. So, oh. so this is why I, I, I'm saying, I think there's probably, I think there's responsibility on both sides. I think, hmm. you know, management, and, and leadership need to do what they can to create certainly not a toxic environment, but to me, that's table stakes, right? Like the environment should be like not toxic, right? but beyond that provide something that is motivating. Yeah. This gives people purpose. Like, you know, so like, I, so I like, like you say, at the end of the day, they're like, Hey, I accomplished something today. Like the fact that I was here and working, it moved something up the field. I'll had, be back tomorrow. Honestly, I had no idea that's what quiet quitting meant. Like, well, what did you think it was? I thought it went just it, leaving quietly. Basically, leaving quietly. Yeah, that's totally what I thought it meant. I quit. <laughs> well, it's kind of like finding ghosting. Yeah. So, I, I, so well, interesting. That's another phenomenon, right? Yeah. Like, um, oh, ghosting. My my accountant or firing by text message. Yeah. Well, again, I think just or bad, by text bad behavior on both sides. But my accountant was saying that they have been over the last few years really struggling to find uh, like new associates 
And uh, this is not just their firm. And that's always the first question, right? Is it just you? But she's saying, no, apparently in, in the profession across the board, and I presume other professions as well, they hire, you know, somebody out of university and they might work like a day or two and then they're just gone. Uh, well, no it, text, no message, no email. They just, they quit, but they don't even bother to tell anybody. And she was like, it's really upsetting because especially like the first couple of times you're like, has this person been, are they dead? Are they, were they in an accident? You know, when they kid, kidnapped and then they finally tracked them down and they're like, yeah, no, I'm, oh yeah, no, it wasn't, it wasn't for me. I'm not coming back. It's like, well, you think maybe you could have told them. Yeah. So I don't know what's happening in our, in our society. Well, it's just that people think that that's suddenly okay now. Well, and it seems weird <laughs> right? that I, I mean, I went to Toronto a couple of weeks ago and, uh, um, the, uh, I mean, the hotel I stayed at, they're not doing, like, they're not cleaning up rooms in between. Like, so if you're there for multiple days, unless you specifically ask, they're not cleaning up because they have staffing issues. It's not interesting. And I'm going like, this seems to be, like, everywhere seems like everybody's losing staff. Now, we have a pandemic. A lot of people yeah, passed away. Sure. But not... Oh, not that many. Not that many and not the ones in that age range yeah. that would be doing this right. kind of work. So what the heck happened? So, uh, and uh, like, what are these people that are in that age range doing? Are they sitting at home? Serb is long gone. Yep. And um, so they still need to earn money in order to yeah. function in our society. Well, I think what happened is for, for some of them, I don't know. I mean, it would be good to are do a study TikTok on that. influencers? I think some of them are on Etsy and those kind of things. Selling their own stuff. Some of them move to smaller centers and maybe realize, hey, my cost of living, you know, out in Spuzzum is like a lot less. And maybe they can do some gig work, you know, and, and they don't need that, nearly that much money. Um, but yeah, it, it does question, well, what about the rest of them? What are they, what are they doing? What are they doing, right? Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't have an answer because I, I don't really understand. No. And, and honestly, it doesn't affect me as directly because I'm not an employer anymore, really. Yeah. And, um, the funny thing is the generational judgment, right? So what's well, generational, but, but which side of the coin are you on? So you hear, you know, businesses, well, people don't want to work anymore. And then the other side is like, well, we don't want to work for these crappy jobs where we get treated like, like garbage yeah. for, you know, minimal money. And but to it, me, it all comes back to our whole system seems kind of screwy. Like, you know, are you creating value? Um, and even how we compensate people. We could that'd be a topic for another time. But you know, if somebody has a role in an organization and you're paying them, like there there's a way to in most cases, some jobs are are a little bit more ephemeral, but usually there's a way to figure out, even if it's an approximation, does that role create value for the organization and ultimately the customers because if the answer is not at all then you really have to wonder why do we have that position here in the first place or um in some cases it might even be creating like negative value that's mm. not good no uh but if you can figure that out then it gives you an opportunity to change like the like the the narrative mm -hmm. and understand because they're talking a big thing about work from home, right? So a lot of companies always kind of associated being there with somehow that's what we pay you for. 
Right. When in reality, it's like, well, what results, what outcomes, what value is that role creating? And the one that I always sort of come back to when I teach or I've had clients is the salesperson, right? Right. There's a lot of owners who I think some of them are just jealous, you know, and they always want to know what their salespeople are doing. What are they doing? They want their timesheet. And I'll often go, well, what do you need them to do? And they're like, I need them to sell. Some of them don't even have a target. That's right. usually step one, right? Well, targets are, especially in sales, can be very difficult to measure. Yes and no. I mean, it depends on the industry. Yeah. But at the end of the day, let's say over time, you should be able to evaluate. Yeah, right? absolutely. And so my argument was often, well, what do you care? Like, let's say their target's 200 grand a month, right? You have the best salesperson. They can do it in like three days. Let them go home or sell more because most salespeople are wired that way, right? Yeah, they want to be out there doing. But let's say you can't sell more because you're like, there's no internal capacity to, to do more than that. We just say, well, what do you, like, why do you need to know why they are? Like they've, they've give them the target. The good ones will get it done quick or they'll do more. Right. The bad ones will have to work their butts off, you know, and work like, 36 days a month, you know, with the overtime to get it done and stop worrying about putting a GPS on them and, you know, questioning them. And because to me, it's just, you're measuring the wrong thing. Yeah. Right. And wow. that's this presenteeism too. You'd be in the office eight hours a day wandering about and produce like an hour's worth of output. And really, you know, is that worth it? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Fascinating stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I learned something. Are you, are you glad you're out of the uh, employer game? Yeah, I mean, it's a, as a as a retired or semi-retired kind of guy who uh, I'm relying on my nest egg for uh, for income. Uh, the 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 financial markets distress is not is a little distressing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, but you know. Well, interest rates, you can put it all in a savings account now. Yeah. Be doing great. Well, soon we'll be putting it in GICs <laughs> at 12.5%. <laughs> hey, here's a here's a quick story based on, I don't know if it ties to, to quiet quitting, but we were just talking about. So my dad is in his 80s, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, he's, he's kind of funny. Talk about using technology. He told me that every time he, he does like a point of sale transaction, mm -hmm. he comes back home and he logs into his his banking software to make sure they got it right. I'm just like, it's kind of smart. But at the same time, man, who's got the time, right? Right. But he just found out that his investment um, firm, which is one of the big retail investment firms, yeah. they upgraded their software. And just out of the blue, he couldn't log into his account anymore. Mm -hmm. And so he phoned and back and forth. And, and so it turned out that uh, when they upgraded, you need a new op like it's it needs uh, iOS 15 or above. Yeah, yeah. And he's got this old iPad, which is Apple told him 12 is about as high as he can go. And it just struck me. I mean, this is a company that I would have to think a majority of their customers are going to be older folks. Right. And to just upgrade the software like over a weekend yeah. and not tell any of the older people or make it kind of like retroactive somehow. And I'm sure that could be done. I know there's maybe some security things. I thought, like, what a crazy thing to do. And what did it cost them? Like, because he said he was on the phone with their people for, like, six hours. And so multiply that by, you know, the thousands of seniors who woke up one morning and they're like, I can't log into my account anymore. In the middle of an economic meltdown, uh, I thought that was absolutely crazy. 
Well, I mean, and, I won't and, name the company, but because they're a sponsor. No, they're not. I don't want to be sued. <laughs> well, and it. Oh, I think I think it happens a lot. You have uh, IT professionals that say, "Let's get the latest and greatest and flashiest and whatever," and it's great for a certain segment of the of the people. Yeah, but the but IT doesn't, nerds, but doesn't really <laughs> doesn't necessarily help um, the others. Like no. and um, I mean, especially if you're a senior, you want to be able to get at your um, money, see what where it's at, and yeah. uh, oh, yeah. you might be pinching pennies and making decisions. Like it's a, a friend of mine; she was a little bit worried about the volatility of the market and um, wanted. Uh, so I said, "Well, you can always get bonds, right?" So the advantage of bonds is you buy a bond; it has a set interest rate. And right. If you buy an actual bond not a derivative not well and not even a derivative but not so a, a bond itself there's two parts of the bond there's the coupon right. and the and the then there's the and bond, the, yeah. the, the, the the bond itself yeah but if you actually buy a bond you will get that interest rate for the duration of the bond so if right. it's a 5 year well, usually they're like 20 year bonds yeah but you get a 20 year bond yeah, so at a steady cash 6% flow. or whatever, yeah. you will get 6% of that value for the entire duration. It's yeah. not compounded interest. It is, they have these little coupons. Yep. Every six months, you get that interest rate yep. and it will stay. So, yeah, yeah, so the value, the face value of the bond will go up and down. Yeah, with the so, interest that's, rate. so that's the thing. Yeah. The, the face value of the bond, because bonds are traded. And right. so there's now a market which will affect how much you pay for the bond itself mm -hmm. so suppose it's a twenty thousand dollar bond you know maybe tomorrow it's nineteen thousand dollars so now the coupons which are are six percent of the twenty thousand dollars are now more than six percent because the bond right. base value has gone sure. down and then it compares to the uh stock market yeah and also yeah and then like the interest rate that's right know, right because it's your so it's complicated i remember from my mba we did bonds uh it's basically net pro net present value of of money calculations well exactly but so the but the catch is if you buy a bond fund mm. okay a bond fund is a trade is the trading of bonds right very different very different yes. that is really not a whole lot different from the stock market no. except the returns are significantly reduced right so are they safer? You might be able to argue that uh, a bond itself is pretty safe if it's a reputable sure. company or a government. Well, that's you, right. Like municipal bonds, back. provincial. Well, other than Russian Canada bonds, because <laughs> they just they just defaulted on a whole bunch <laughs> of their Bitcoin bonds. bonds or Elon dollars or whatever they are. <laughs> but the, but getting an actual bond oh. from a reputable. Uh, a reputable company, you know, a good solid. Sure. You you'll get your your get your principal back. Yep. And you'll get those coupon values for the whole time. Yep. But you do that in a bond market, like a bond no, fund. No, it's a whole different thing. It's a whole yeah. different thing. So sure. this friend of mine went and bought. You know, was worried, so she went into bond a bond fund because that was what was offered from her financial advisor, and uh, that's not at all. Oh man. Stable or that is theory. a huge problem in our in our society. Like it's a uh, subtle difference, but it is oh, a, it's huge a huge difference, difference yeah. right? You know, I like I dabble a little bit in in a network of financial planners and insurance people. And, Crypto? No, uh, 
like the degree of complicate, like there's so many things out there. Oh, well, things like derivatives and futures. And the average person, like we are so financially illiterate. Uh, And you're talking about someone who's got, you know, I mean, you're a pretty smart guy. We read a lot. I've got an MBA. Uh, I'm not anywhere near, you know, where I'd really like to be. The average person, no idea, right? What's an EFT? Uh, You know, just, Imagine you say you should get put some money in some EFTs and they come back with an NFT and you're like, oh, that's NFG, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And when we go at the corner, said it was the same. No, 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 no. Right. That's called the WTF uh, fund. You know, futures, <laughs> forwards. I mean, oh. the average person doesn't dabble in that. But but the retail well, and uh, I know, investment I know, products I know some a of lot are of, terrible. I know a lot of people who for a while would uh, quit their job and they were day trading day trading currency (laughs) and they made tons of money for a while for a while they had like a couple of them had like 10-year runs and then they had to get out because they had made a mistake and yeah and 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 there's all these um yeah, you have to be super cautious with it i mean it's really not much different than playing blackjack i was gonna say i see it as uh it's like going to the casino, which I think takes a huge amount of resolve. I yep. mean, the average human, we're we're we're, uh, we're prone to so many biases yeah. and whatnot. But really, to me, the way to to gamble would be if you went in and you won. You know, let's say you go in with five grand, and you like you win ten. You know, take that ten, put it in your purse, put it in your pocket, start with the five. But so many of us get caught up, and I mean, it's not like Vegas isn't designed to hoop it up right they want you to get to 25 30 and then boom lose it all including the original five yeah exactly but if you were smart you'd say okay every time okay, i win I put five a five in yeah. again get, get, get a threshold 10, take some and then take a whole bunch out yep and then start again exactly and if you're actually on a run now it would be slower right yeah but you'd probably walk away with some winnings where well, the trouble was start to think the trouble with lady this, luck or I got a system or <laughs> well, and part it. of the trouble with the stock market is that it's, it's both the gambling and it's also the parking place for a lot of your principal, right? Like if you want right. to like, so this is where you have to be kind of a little bit cautious. So, um, and, you know, and there's lots of people that say, you know, it's currently the, decline of the american empire well that's all driven by stocks and um, the stock market and they talk about how low interest rates have been in place because essentially to a large extent a lot of the increase has been showing up in growth in the in the stock market right so if they clamp down on that you might see inflation showing up in yeah but the thing is the stock market is not the economy no it's not and uh it's, but it is that's where a lot of value in the economy is ending up. Absolutely. But it's not but it's a lot of it a lot of it's not creating any so like societies used to create value. Yeah, right? like you go uh, a farmer creates Yeah, food. or even corporations, right? They would do R&D and and make widgets. They would take risks and and now you look at most of the corporate behavior, that's it's stock buybacks and I think the craziest thing is when the federal government and again, Canada, I think we're prone to some of this, but in the States, it's just, it's off the charts. And so the federal government will come up with some program to try and basically support, you know, Businesses. these industries, keep them afloat. And I guess the the 
unspoken understanding would be keep paying your people, you know, pump this money back into the economy. And then they're like, no, we're going to just do a stock buyback and, uh, you know, pump up the share of the stock and then uh, pay out these huge uh, dividends to uh, and bonuses to the executives. And thank you very much. Well, and they talk so about all these, like, all these politicians. What happened? That got PPP loans. Yeah. And then they were forgiven. So like, Wasn't that brilliant, though, what the White House did with the social media? Oh, yeah, where, where they're basically saying, yeah, so-and-so doesn't want to do inflationary, doesn't want to support... Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 Medicare, but or uh, the uh, student loan forgiveness. Student loan. Right? But look, they got forgiven like one hundred eighty thousand dollars. Yeah. yeah, exactly. How do you feel about that? Oh, it's like I'm pretty angry. Exactly. <laughs> well, there you go. So we can do like a whole thing just on financial stuff. Uh, maybe we should bring in some smart people. Hmm. Yeah. Are we still recording? We are still recording. Okay, good. It's all good. Um, right on. What kind of media are you consume? Oof. Red Dead Redemption 2, my friend. Oh, so I that am, video game. Oh man, I am I am absolutely captivated by it. Like the 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 amount of detail in this game, you know, if when people talk about maybe we live in a simulation, I'm starting to believe it. Like, oh, really? like the map is and just it's it's hard to describe like how how detailed nuanced and detailed and the wildlife and you know, you wind up in these environments where because there's mountains and forests and uh, mountaintops that are snow covered and it's, it's wild. And I mean, the story is good too. So totally immersive. Uh, of course we're watching She-Hulk. Yeah. I've, who I've caught up with She-Hulk. I haven't watched the, the fourth episode yet. Uh, 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 Lower X. Oh, there's a big, the big surprise in the fourth episode. No, there isn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, saw that Carol, uh, Carol Kane has been it's carol kane she was the actress who was in the princess bride she oh yeah was, uh uh she princess buttercup no no she was the witch oh yeah yeah uh, oh the one with uh, uh, uh um what's his name uh oh. the guy from uh from soap and yeah from yeah, soap. Yeah, yeah, billy yeah. crystal billy crystal's wife yeah. right so she's been around for a long time so she's going to be the new uh, chief engineer Oh really? Um, I guess her character is she's she gonna be Scotty. Like a, no, she's a, she's like a crusty. Oh, this is on lower deck. Yeah, no, on uh, um, strange new strange world. new worlds. Oh, so she's gonna be like an acerbic, no nonsense engineer, a little bit like uh, a, a Tig Nataro has been on Discovery, <laughs> yeah. because it's too soon to bring Scotty in. So yeah. I think that's because she's a great actress. So I think she can do comedy. She can do. So I think it'll be fun. We'll see. Interesting. What about you? Well, uh, She-Hulk, but I also learned over the course of the last weekend so much about Dave Matthews and the Dave Matthews I was going to say, you were at the Dave Matthews. Yeah, how was that? Well, I had, uh, so I went to the uh, the Labor Dave weekend, Right. they call it. The Alberta Day weekend. No, no. Labor <laughs> Labor Dave weekend, because this oh, was in the States. Labor Dave. Okay. Yeah. So, in, uh, it, so every year at, yep. over the long weekend in September. Yep. Dave Matthews plays three shows at the Gorge Amphitheater near, um, it's between, it's just off of George and Quincy, Washington. There's a, there's okay. A, so a, always the same venue. Always the same venue. I mean, it, this amphitheater, it's a natural amphitheater, mostly natural, mm -hmm. has this huge stage and um, will house 27,000 people. 
and was basically pretty much sold out for right. this entire and event. And you didn't get COVID, you were saying. And I did not get COVID. Good, good man. And there is a, there is a, so, but because it's in the middle of nowhere, uh -huh. you have to, there are some people that will drive because it's about 150 miles from Seattle. Okay. And about the same distance from Spokane. And uh, it... Uh, so kind of the middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere in a desert. Right. Uh, so right no, on the... No hotels close by. No hotels. So most people camp. Right. So they have 20,000 people camping. And nice. tents. And, you, and there's all kinds of options. There's... Uh, <laughs> there's uh, they have a thing called Oasis where they have like these set up tents. Okay. And you can... You basically show up and you're in a tent. They have... Um, there's all different levels, and we ended up in the gold level RV, gold Ooh. RV. Camp. So basically, all, all I had was it. So you buy camping, and you have you you can only buy five nights. It's like the whole thing. Okay. You can't buy less. You have to. Have okay, a, so you're in or you're out. You're in or you're out, and you have to have a ticket in order to be able to to camp. Right. Right. So you have to buy the ticket first and then you can buy the camping ticket. And then for us, so we showed up on a Thursday and basically there was just this constant stream of vehicles. Right. And you don't get a set spot. You basically, as you pull in, you're put it into the next spot. and The next like camping next, spot. Well, kind of next camping spot. So the There's camping basically flaggers and they basically put you there into rows and they... They make yeah. little paths to yeah. separate. Were people uh, were tenting as well, or mostly everything, uh, everything under everything? the sun. So <laughs> ah, that must have been wild. And there's no service. It's no water. So there's no water. There's no. You have to come with your own water. Right. Right. Uh, there is shower. Or there were, die. For where we were, there was free showers. Okay. Um, nice. uh, and, uh, so there's porta potties and, uh, <laughs> there's actually, there were actually some fancy toilets too. So right. you can actually get running water, nice. in. but, uh, <laughs> no power. So you have to have your own power right. figured out before a lot of gen sets running probably in the, there were a lot of gen sets yeah. running, especially because it's a freaking desert. So it was hot. <laughs> And it was just shy of 40. Okay, you got to run. And oh, man. So it was. Good for you guys. You guys but but our. Quite the globe trotting hippies. Our camper is just truly amazing. Yeah. It would, would be. It would be good to have a bit of a generator to be able to run uh, the AC. But I was going to say. It was uh, the only thing that we really need a generator for. Right. Because it's self-sustaining with the solar panels, unless it's, you know, it's raining or something. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but we just pull in and we're ready to go. That is so it was fun. It was amazing. The other thing I so Dave Matthews. Uh-huh. So if you go to see is is a bit of a different cat. If you go see some big band, yep. you see them on a Tuesday and a Thursday, you're gonna see the same set. Right? right. You're gonna see, you know, mostly their current hits or whatever yeah, that's after going doing on. A tour, sure. And then they'll have, you know, they'll sprinkle it with some oldies or mm -hmm. whatever. But that's what most... Maybe some new material. This is not what Dave Matthews does. Okay. Dave Matthews, every set is different. Really? Um, often, very little of his new stuff is showing up. Okay. And uh, so over the course of three days, there was not a single song repeated. Wow. That's right? impressive. And uh, in fact, what there a lot of these Dave Matthews fans, uh, so his fan club is called the dmb warehouse or something like that okay and they uh they um they track 
when these oh, songs have been played. Interesting. So our first night, he played a song called Ihi. That's what it's called. Okay. And he hadn't played it in 396 shows. So and that, and that that was since wow. 2013. So he's got quite the discography then to be able to pick has, that many. He has about between 90 and 100, 100 uh, songs that. And, and the the these Trust fans, me, being in a band, that's uh, a lot. That's a lot of songs. That's a lot of songs, you and the, these guys can play them. Yeah, like, and so each night was twenty plus songs. That's awesome. And over three hours. Yeah. Each night. Wow. And um, good you know, for you. That's and he like does fun. he does the odd covers. So on the first night, uh, he did a cover of Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer, oh, and it was awesome. It was good. The second night he did a cover of a cover of uh, All Along the Watchtower, the Bob Dylan tune. Okay. That I think uh, is probably also Jimi Hendrix. It's most yeah. famous for a Jimi Hendrix version. But what was really cool is I was sitting on, on on the lawn next to this guy who was a big fan from Seattle, and he had been to many shows, and he said, The one thing I hate is when Dave Matthews plays All Along the Watchtower. I not a big fan. Right. However, this this night they had two opening Immediately bands. Immediately next, boom. They had two two um, two opening bands. One was called uh, this woman called Celise. Okay. And the other was called uh, what was it called Caruso or something? James Caruso or something. Okay. And uh, um, but Celise is this unusual woman. So uh, every night they had some person of color usually women of color who oh. were in the band. And so Celise is this this large black woman. And so she does not look like a typical musician. You more you would expect maybe like a gospel singer. Or okay. Like the, the, the kind of lar larger big boned woman, black, big boned black woman, I guess is, is that the polite way to say it? I don't think so. <laughs> she she is she is uh so um but she got up there strapped on a guitar oh yeah absolutely shredded blew everybody away oh my god the pipes on that lady yeah and her ability to to like just you know really well done guitar like and like hard rock kind of guitar stuff right so Dave Matthews does this along the Watchtower. He brings Celeste, Celeste on, and oh my God, she was amazing. She absolutely shredded it. It was there's no other way to describe it other than shredding. Oh, phenomenal! Because phenomenal. Uh, and uh, so so you kind of see her, and if you saw a poster of her, this is not the sound that you expect sure. to come out. Yeah, of so it's this. a bit of a counterintuitive. Cool. But she was amazing. Yeah. She, uh, I, I would be interested in hearing more of what she can do because right. it was that good. That's awesome. And um, and um, and it, so the guy turned to me and he said, "You know what I said about all on the washdown? She's really good." He said, "Because yeah. he had missed her in the warm up." And I said, "And she said, uh, he said, uh, was she this good in the warm up?" He said, "She was really good." 
And he goes, I am really sorry I missed that because that was really awesome. Yeah. Oh, so uh, highly recommended. Um, and I mean, I, we only went, we, we left before, we didn't have tickets for the third night, but uh, I'm sure we could have gotten if we wanted. Right. But, um, but it was. Uh, Just not leave. Well, we want we need to get back. Yeah. And uh Alex was starting school and all that kind yep. of stuff. So uh but um so, yeah. so I gotta tell you. So based on your description, so twenty thousand people camping in 20, the desert. Twenty ish yeah. It, yeah. It yeah. sounds awful, but it wasn't. You know what I made immediately think of? What? Uh National Lam- Na- National Lampoon's Christmas vacation. <laughs> Shitter's full. <laughs> this they had. This was this was fairly well done. The logistics. Well, and apparently of that you I mean, can, I gotta take care of this, man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they they had uh, their their porta potty service was called Honey Bucket, and okay. they would come if you needed. You could pay to get somebody to uh, to service your RV. Oh yeah, and, that must that's their big weekend of the year. Oh, I'm sure there was so many like, people. We spend the rest of the year in the Caribbean. We only have to work that one weekend. We're well, and it's funny coming from Canada <laughs> to 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 show up at this uh, this place, and a lot of the flaggers clearly were Hispanic. Oh yeah, and they definitely did not. A lot of them did not speak a lick of English. I don't know really? if this is what they do on the weekends, and maybe during the weekdays or. Uh, migrant farm workers i have no idea but it we don't see that no oh this is the, the people working for the for the, the flat for live nation live nation is the company oh, yeah, that, yeah, that runs yeah. that whole thing sure. um interesting it's just uh i mean see a lot of mega hats there or, uh... oh my god when we came through idaho there was stuff on yeah on some of the the road the the, the property is we well you it. heard of the great american redoubt oh yeah and that's yeah. like which a, is wyoming and, and a big part of wyoming idaho, idaho, part of idaho montana and uh some of washington state the, the some eastern, of the eastern part of washington yeah. state and and part of oregon too so. right the american redoubt oh yeah 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 as soon as we crossed the border there was some you saw some of those um the 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 flags the gray the gray american flags with the blue line thing that's, oh, that's supposed to intend to be right. support of the police but it's become associated with kind of this yeah right wing stuff yeah. so okay well there you go well you made it back okay so i was an experience <laughs> of a lifetime i totally enjoyed awesome. it i would go again for yeah. sure yeah, yeah. well i plan on doing burning man too aren't you yeah so burning yeah. man is, we're, is our plan for next year but that is going to be a bit of a challenge for we have to we have to prepare a lot in order just to be able to to go if provided we can get tickets and tickets are like for burning man like 500 dollars a person wow right and they had uh it, the it temperatures are astonishing man. The um, they have lots of sandstorms, so you have to really protect against the elements. <laughs> the temperatures are scorching, and when they were leaving, there was uh, there was like a thirteen hour wait to leave. Oh my God! Can you imagine seventy thousand people in Black Rock City? Wow! So, so madness. All right, man. Well, listen, yes. another great episode uh, in the can. Yeah. What are we gonna talk about next time? <sighs> that is a good question. Uh, <laughs> We'll come up with something. We'll come up with something. It'll be a surprise. So it's always a surprise. by all means, uh, send us an email. Yeah. Subscribe. Uh, tell your friends. 
put the word out and we will see you in seven days yep. unless uh, you see us first <laughs> <laughs> okay take care see you mark see you bye-bye